Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage, inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey with Jesus. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you like about this podcast, how you first heard about it, who has been your favorite guest, and anything else you want to share with me. Just send an email to hergodstory at somebodycares.org. The prophet Isaiah lived during a very tumultuous time. The Assyrians and the Babylonians were both expanding their territory through war, and many nations were defeated and their surviving citizens were carted off to places unknown. Their enemies were Uh, Their armies were brutal in battle, and it seemed that total destruction of both Israel and Judah were imminent. The northern kingdom of Israel was defeated by the Assyrians because of their idolatry and their wickedness. The southern kingdom of Judah, however, still worshipped the Lord in large part. And while they had a mixture of good and evil kings, the Lord in his mercy spared them from being overrun, giving them more time to return wholeheartedly to the Lord. But they still experienced attacks with the threat of famine, disease, death. This is the world Isaiah lived in. And while many of his prophecies confronted rebellion against God, warning them of judgment, the Lord also spoke comfort and hope to those who would listen to him. In the midst of a turbulent time, God told them in Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My guest, Diana Holmesy, has experienced the righteous right hand of God, protecting her and caring for her during war, times of uncertainty, sickness, and heartache. She has learned to walk in faith instead of fear. I met Diana years ago at church. She's a beloved professor at Tidewater Community College and a dear woman of God. Welcome, Diana. Thank you, Jordy. Diana, you were born in a country experiencing civil war, and it impacted your life in dramatic ways. Tell us a little about your family background and your young life in Lebanon. I was born inside in Lebanon in a Christian home, the youngest of six children. My dad was a banker, and my mom was a housewife, and they were committed to the Lord. Both of my grandparents were Presbyterian ministers of the gospel. The 15-year civil war broke out when I was six years old in 1975. I recall the entire family sleeping in the hallway of the building at the beginning of the civil war. The seventh-floor building was shaking back and forth. I was terrified. My head was on my mother's lap, almost in a semi-conscious state, and I asked her to recite Psalm 23 for me. She did over and over to calm me down. I asked her to recite Psalm 23, which I still recite to this day every evening. The following day, We prayed as a family under the dining room table, and we decided to leave on foot since we did not own a car at that time. Our neighbors vacated their homes in their cars. The streets were deserted. 
tanks and armed fighters were hiding between buildings and piled dirt. We walked, not knowing where to go. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a lone car showed up. It was a driver searching for his parents, but could not locate them. By God's grace, he agreed to give us a ride or a lift to the next town. Our family, eight of us, <laughs> fit in his car along with his dog. <laughs> that was one of the many miracles we encountered during that dark time. My grandfather, mom's side, visited us regularly since he lived close by. He never ceased sharing God's word and about salvation through Jesus. His word impacted me since I was a child. Every year the family would travel to the mountains for a week to attend a Baptist church retreat. The week was loaded with speakers of the gospel. One day on September 10, 1980, an Egyptian pastor was preaching about salvation and we could hear then bombs falling close by. And he said, where would you go if you were to die today? So Diana, through all of this, and there were many times you had to evacuate your home at that, you know, during those years, but your parents, your siblings, they clung to the Lord. But when did you and how did you have that experience of putting your faith in Christ? I started thinking to myself, and then he gave an altar call. I raised my hand and I prayed with him to receive Christ on September 10, 1980. So when you were a teenager, the Civil War just engulfed your hometown. You know, before that, you had been coming and going depending on where the fighting was occurring, but at some point, it was just too dangerous to remain. And so your family relocated to the city uh, of Beirut, the capital city. I mean, that must have been very hard for you. I mean, here you are, a teenager, having to flee your home, everything you knew. Uh, share about that time and how it affected you spiritually, emotionally, educationally, really in every way. It, it, it just upended your life. During the Civil War, we had to leave our home for weeks at a time, more than 12 times for safety reasons. But in 1985, we left permanently. Our home was occupied by Muslim fighters, PLO groups, and all our belongings were stolen. We fled the area carrying only the clothes we were wearing. We had to leave via the sea to Beirut for the roads were engulfed with bombs and militia fighters. We, meaning seven of us, ended up staying with my aunt who had a one-bedroom apartment. During the displacement, I was very fearful, unable to think of my future. I was living one day at a time. My family and I experienced God's grace, mercy, and miracles more than ever during that time. I attended Christian Teaching Institute and graduated first in my class. I then enrolled at the American University of Beirut, majoring in biology. Our mighty God, who knew my past and future, was ordering my steps. Family and I were shielded by God's favors every step of the way. 
So one of your uncles uh, at this point was living and working um, in the U.S., and he was able to sponsor your parents and you to lawfully immigrate. Um, So you were uprooted and relocated again, which must have been difficult. But when you look back at that time, how do you see that God was leading and helping all of you? Uncle Henry, my mother's brother, was already in the U.S., He was a U.S. citizen due to his many years of service at the American Embassy in in Lebanon. He petitioned my mom and family in 1982 to legally immigrate to the U.S. So in 1987, we were informed by the embassy that our turn to immigrate has arrived. Dad, mom, and I were allowed to leave. My siblings had to wait in Lebanon a few more years before immigrating because they were older than 21. We left Lebanon tearfully, like I'm doing right now, by ship to Cyprus and on to Athens, Greece, where we were processed at the U.S. Embassy. We landed in the U.S. on December of 1987. This relocation was extremely emotional for me. Leaving leaving my home country, Lebanon, and my siblings was extremely difficult. It was time of instability. We settled in Virginia Beach, Virginia, since my oldest brother, Matthew, was working for CBN at the time. I attended TCC, Tidewater Community College, to continue my education and then transferred to Old Dominion University where I obtained a BS and an MS in biology. So after you graduated from college, uh, you had sort of settled in the U.S. at this point, and you wanted to pursue a medical degree. But God had other plans. Tell us about that journey and how you overcame a major disappointment. After obtaining the BS degree, I applied to medical school and was not able to get in. It was a a big disappointment, but God calmed me down via prayer and his promises. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then I obtained a master's degree in biology. Following that, I applied for a doctorate program at Case Western Reserve University in Ohio. I missed homeless crying daily. The head of the department told me, go home, and if you still desire to pursue this program, you can come back. And so after one semester, I returned home. Proverbs 16.9, a man <laughs> plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. So once you got home, God opened an unexpected door for you, which really has been your life calling. Share how he ordered your steps here. Back home, trusting God and yet yet not knowing what tomorrow holds. I went to visit my dearest professor of English at Tidewater Community College. She asked me, what do you want to do, Diana, next? I responded, I don't know. She said, come with me. She took me to the, dean's of, to the dean of science office, and I was offered a couple of labs of human anatomy and physiology to teach. I thank God with excitement. I started teaching lab, and the following semester I began teaching lecture and lab. Four years later, 
I became an assistant professor of biology on a full-time basis, and I love every bit of it. The students and biology. Indeed, God walked with me every step of the way. Eventually, you met a Christian man, you got engaged, uh, but during that time that you were planning your wedding, you got very sick. Walk us through that journey. I've been praying for a godly husband for many years. With fasting, petitions, and tears, I finally met a Christian gentleman, and we dated and eventually got engaged. I was so excited that the Lord answered my prayer. So we started planning for the wedding. The date was on the church's calendar. I was still fasting and praying and seeking God's face. Few months before the scheduled wedding, I requested a prophetic word over the internet from a ministry. I trust. I received a CD with the prophetic word. And when I listened to it, it scared me. I did not know what it really meant at the time, but later, but later I did. During that time, I began experiencing weakness and excruciating headaches to the extent of falling in the classroom. Visited the doctor several times and I was given Motrin to relieve my headaches and stress. And while, while at the doctor's office, I experienced a grand mal seizure and I was rushed to the hospital via the ambulance. A CT scan was performed and it showed a mass on my brain. I was rushed to a better equipped hospital. An MRI was performed and surgery was urgent after realizing it was stage 4 malignant cancer called GBM glioblastoma multiform. With no option for a second opinion, surgery was done the following day. My brother met with the oncologist outside my room the day after surgery. The oncologist talked about what's next, chemo radiation treatment. Responding to Max's questions, he said this type of cancer is the most vicious type and survival is almost none, and I had six months to live. The oncologist added that, per the statistic, 95 to 99% don't make it, don't survive. Mac placed his hand on his Bible and told the doctor that we trust in God's statistics and not man's, and we are the 0.1 survival statistic. The oncologist nodded his head. I was discharged a week later. 33 sessions of chemo radiation were scheduled to start the following week. Before treatment, our pastor and the elders of the church visited me at home and prayed. Healing scriptures and prophetic words were spoken over me. Very powerful, very, very powerful an emotional meeting. The church supported me with prayers, including you, Jody. Yes, I did. A matter of fact, many churches were involved, local and overseas. I can never be thankful enough. During treatment, I got short of breath and could not even walk or walk or breathe. I was. I told my family, call 911. So I was rushed to the ER. 
A CT scan showed multiple pulmonary emboli. Blood clot surgery was performed to insert an IVC filter. It stands for inferior vena cava filter to save my life and to prevent clots from traveling to my lungs and heart. Also, I lost all my hair. That was more, that was more <laughs> difficult than being diagnosed with cancer because I thought my identity as a woman comes from my hair. Also, a week or so after starting treatment, my fiancé told me, if you live to five years, I'll believe in miracles. And he left me during the darkest time of my life. I cried and I cried and I cried. And I was so sad that one of my dreams fell apart. But the Lord did not leave or forsaken me. Actually, he showed up while I was in the ICU as the Lion of Judah. Galloping. And I was assured then that I was not going to die. The prophetic word I received few months before I was diagnosed with brain tumor stated that a ring of fire seen around me and the evil one cannot cross. And it stated also that what the evil one meant for, my, for evil, God will turn for my good. One more thing to add, I had an MRI every month for more than a year and then changed once every two months and so on, like three months, four months, and so on. However, since the first MRI after surgery, the report stated clear, stable, no change. God healed me from day one. Praise his holy name. Mm, praise God. Well, Diana, I remember the church praying for you. As you said, I was a part of that during that time. And and I know God sustained you. I mean, here you are today. This was, you know, many, many years later with this testimony. You know, share what was going on inside you. I mean, that's what happened to you. But what was God working in you? What did this do to your faith and your relationship with the Lord? My church was supporting me with prayers and words of encouragement. Other churches around the world were also praying for me. And the family and my family stood by my side day and night. And yet I had questions to the Lord, such as, why me? Why now? What did I do? Why didn't you take me? Why didn't you take me home? Am I Jobat? That's what I called myself, the female version of Job. When I was rushed to the hospital with a blood clot in my lungs, I could not take it anymore. Even my pastor cried. He left my room in the emergency, and he went out and cried, and then he came back. God's answer to me, why not you, my daughter? Who are you to question me? And through it all, God showed me my, how much he loved me, all the way to the cross. My faith grew stronger and deeper, and I realized God can do anything. I told the Lord, if I die, I know where I'm going. I had seen God ordering my steps from my childhood until adulthood. During that time, I struggled with the Lord's prayer because I was not able to forgive my ex-fiance right away. So I began worshiping God and dancing before him and praying. And slowly I was able to forgive him. 
way before he ever asked for forgiveness, which he finally did 16 years later. In that time of surrendering your, your, to the Lord, I mean, you know, you said, God, whatever you do, I'm in. Um, in that time, you asked him to use you. How has he done that? I know that he's used you since then in many ways. Share, share about how, how God's using you. I surrendered to, to, totally to the Lord. His peace overwhelmed me. He made a way for me to share my testimony with my students. I teach around 200 students every semester. I was teaching once face to face. I would share my journey with cancer and how God healed me. There were always students who would email me or stop by my office to thank me for inspiring them with my testimony. I always told them that I got through this only by God's grace. They used to say that I am a strong woman, but I would respond, no, it's not about me. It's about Jesus who lives in me and gives me strength. One student asked me, what is Easter? It was around Easter time, and I said, happy Easter. So she asked me, what is Easter? So I explained to her, to her the meaning of Easter. She and her husband came to know the Lord, and they continued to serve in their church, teaching Sunday school, and picking up the kids in a bus to take them to Sunday school. Some students would come to my office and share their story with, with cancer or their family story. And we end up praying and I would hand them a Bible. I had a stack of Bibles in my office. So I would hand them a Bible. I constantly receive email from students informing me how touched and moved they were by my story. And I would encourage them to never give up and keep up hanging, to, hanging up, hanging on to the Lord. Many asked me to pray for them and I did. Actually, I received an email last week from a student who lost her child to brain cancer. She ended up being on drugs, but told me that she was very touched and inspired by my testimony. She stopped using drugs and promised to give God a chance. I responded to her with encouraging words. She replied, praise God. There are many more encounters with students. I cannot be thankful enough my, to my mighty and loving God. You know, it's so important that we have believers who are in places that have contact with, with unbelievers and share powerful testimonies of what God's done in our lives. Um, when people who, who are in distressing situations see the fruit in the lives of believers like you, Diana, it changes their perspective and gives them hope and points them to Jesus. I know you recently had another health issue, but God has carried you through it. How, how has he done that recently, Diana? A few years ago, I used to drive to work by myself. I used to exercise at the gym, walking, running, and lifting weights. I led a normal life with little weakness on the left side due to the tumor being on the, on the right side of my brain. I started to feel unusual fatigue and tiredness due to female issues. I became very anemic 
which required iron infusions every few months, even to this day. Due to the fatigue, my brothers started driving me to college while I needed to use a walker to go from class to class. Fatigue got worse and I ended up staying home, but it was the same time when COVID showed up and the college required us to teach, it's funny, to teach online from home. What an awesome God. So, so you were able to keep your job because everybody was teaching from home. His timing was so perfect. And, and by God's favors, I'm still teaching online. At the same time, I had to visit tons of doctors, about six or seven, seeking answers and help. I'm getting some help seeing God in every step. Recently, a benign tumor, a fatty tumor, was found on top of the kidney. Its size is big enough that they could not ignore it. After having ultrasound and a CT scan, I had surgery in, a, in an attempt to block the blood supply to the tumor and to cause it to shrink. A couple of months later, I had a CT scan to follow up on the status of the tumor. After the CT scan, I was crying in the van, talking to the Lord, telling him that I had enough. Suddenly, I felt an arm hugging. I was startled and because my brothers Mark and Mac were in the van. Mark was driving and Mac was in the middle of, in the center of the van. And I said, who is touching me? Both my brothers were wondering what I'm talking about. I realized then it was the arm of the Lord hugging me, calming me down. I knew the Lord was with me and that he loves me to the cross. By the way, I celebrated last July 16 years cancer-free. God is so good. Well, Diana, what is a key truth that you have learned through all of these challenges that you want our listeners to know? Gosh, I learned a lot through my challenges. Sharing few, God is indeed in, in control of my life in every aspect. Educationally, emotionally, as you can, as you can tell from my story. He loves me unconditionally all the way to the cross. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he can do the same for those who put their trust in him. I know that I know he is God of the impossible. Mom used to pray Psalm 91 over me daily. I recite the daily Lord's Prayer and Psalm 23. They still bring me the comfort to this day. Even when I had surgery or when I go to the doctor's offices, I will, would always recite the, the uh, Psalm 23 to calm me down, just like it calmed me down back when the war started. As we close, Diana, would you share about a woman of the Bible whose story has inspired or encouraged or comforted you or taught you something? I love Ruth because Ruth lost her husband and became a widow and decided to relocate, accompanying her mother-in-law to the promised land. Yeah, her story has a lot of similarities to yours, Diana. Well, you have faced a lot of fear in life, but you discovered that God is a very present help 
in times of trouble. Psalm 91, which you, which your mother prayed over you, is a comforting promise from the Lord. I encourage our listeners to read the whole chapter when they get a chance, but I'll share verses 1 through 6 and 14 through 16 now from the New International Version. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Diana has experienced rescue by the Lord numerous times. And as you, dear listener, put your faith and trust in him, you will experience it too. Diana, would you take a moment and pray for our listeners? Lord, I thank you and praise you for who you are. You are my Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals. You are my Lord, my Savior, my Rescuer. Thank you for being with me through my my difficult journey. Thank you for never, never leaving or forsaking me. I pray my testimony will inspire and encourage those who are listening. Though life may be full of trials and tribulation, you promise to deliver us from them all. As your your word says, you are faithful to all your promises. Dear listeners, if you do not know the Lord yet, why not surrender your life to him? He will not disappoint you. Pray this short prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. Forgive my sins and cleanse me. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, friends, there are widows and orphans all over the world who need to experience the tangible expression of God's love right now. Last year, we were able to help two young men in Texas who lost both parents to remain together in their family home by helping with repairs after it was flooded during a storm. We also assisted a widow and her two children who were displaced by violence in the Middle East. They were looking for a new apartment with a bomb shelter for safety. Many, many widows and orphans have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Would you consider joining us with a special gift to help? Go to hergodstory.org and click on the Widow and Orphan tab at the top of the page. And thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information we talked about. And remember, I'd love to hear from you, so please email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org. If you'd like a free six-week devotional on women of the Bible, you can download that at hergodstory.org or purchase a 12-week devotional that we'll send you for just $12, knowing that all the proceeds go to our Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd also love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. Give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Psalm 20, 
verses one through five in the New Living Translation. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob help keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your offerings. May he grant you your heart's desire and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.